Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Kieran, it's one of our interview days today, um, which we were lucky to fit in around your busy schedule. And we like to cover football at every level, and we spoke about uh, the grassiest of grassroots football a couple of weeks ago with our friend from Middlesex Schools, FC. And this week we speak to Tom Montgomery, who's a director of Clandidno FC, who wanted to tell us a little bit about the problems of football at that level, but also one specific problem that, as I say, is literally not of their making. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be involved in Clandidno FC. Okay, uh, yeah, so I I am, uh, I was lucky enough to be elected in May of last year to the town council and to the local authority uh, for the ward in which the football club is uh, located in. But I officially joined the board uh, probably about six or seven months before the election uh, and Surprisingly, uh, well, it surprised a lot of uh, uh, friends, friends and family close to me because I actually have not not a great deal of interest in football as a sport. I joined because I recognised how impactful the football club and its various community and grassroots sessions was to especially young people in the area. Just to give a little bit of a background of 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 the area when the football club is uh, located in is that it's in it's an award that is ranked among in parts uh, in the bottom 10% of the poorest areas in the county. So there was an awful lot of people who rely on the football club as a safe enclosed space for them to be able to exercise and enjoy in the benefits of football Okay, they may they may not be the next uh, Ronaldo, but there was an, an incredible social value for what the club was doing, and that's and that's really uh, where I sort of rolled my my sleeves up and got involved. I've had a long relationship with the football club. My grandparents were instrumental in saving the club when it was about to close in 1999, and ever since then. Uh, my grandparents and my parents and my aunties and uncles and cousins have all been 
sort of brought up in and around the football club so 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 could see it going strength and strength to strength and then could see it recently slip backwards and that's where a lot of us have come back uh, to to try and join to help the club uh, and that's and that's really where where my personal uh, journey on the board began about 18 months ago. We're going to get into the specific problems you're having at the moment, but it's interesting, Tom, because I don't think we've any ever spoken to somebody who's not actually uh, immersed in football. But it doesn't matter because one of the things this pod has celebrated, champion from the start, is football clubs being at the heart of every community. That you know, Most football clubs came out of working-class communities and many football clubs are the only thing that remain of those communities and we're we're very keen to emphasize the positives that those clubs can bring. Also there's one thing I do need to check uh, Tom how's my pronunciation of Clandidno by the way. <laughs> it's 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 okay. It's okay. Yeah. We do we do have some residents of the town uh, of the town who bless them have lived here for 20 years and still cannot quite 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 get uh, a grip of how you actually say yeah. the name of the town but yours yours is okay. It's fine. I can hear the subtext in you. It's all right for a cockney. I can hear what you're saying, but <laughs> it's, it, it's just that my my wife was brought up in Clandidno, and she's been trying to. It's just hard you're trying to get you get the first bit right and the second bit right, but I can't get the no the no bit at the end, Clandidno. <laughs> but I'm I'm trying. That's the important thing. And before yeah. before we move on to the to talk about what's happening to you at the moment, can you give us a little bit of perspective, Tom, about how the last few years have been for the club and the town financially, especially since the pandemic? Yeah, so uh, in in terms of the town, the tour the tourism economy makes up a, a a huge section of what of what of what the town is. The town yeah. is a seaside resort, and as I'm sure you can imagine, when the pandemic hit, that economy essentially came to a standstill. Uh, of course, we had all sorts of UK. Of grants, which 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 were really really welcomed, but the Welsh government was much slower to reopen uh, when the numbers of cases started to fall. So really, even now, we're only starting to really see a proper revival of that economy to 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 the levels it was at before the pandemic, and that in many ways ties up similarly to 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 the fortunes of the football club is that before the pandemic we were really really flying high i wasn't a part of the board then but uh, uh close close friends and family were and they and they feedback to me of what of what it was like then uh really really successful on on the pitch and off the pitch uh and then COVID hit and we sort of had our legs took from under us. But I think the worst part was is that the club didn't realise the situation it was in because it was being supported by grants and, and schemes to keep it to keep it going. So on so on the balance sheet it seemed like it was still flying high, but as soon as those grants started to dry up, you very quickly realised how serious of a situation the club had gotten itself into. And I, uh, without realising, joined sort of right at that moment, right when uh, it all sort of hit the fan. So I, I my my timing was impeccable uh, in that 
regard that I joined just as ev- just as everything started to go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the fortunes of the town and the club are, 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 are tied in many many ways. And what our listeners need to know, Tom, is that leave Wrexham aside for one moment. We'll probably talk about them a little bit more later on. But you and Colwyn Bay are the biggest clubs in North Wales, aren't they? I mean, you've played in Europe. Yes, yeah, yeah, we have. When we were flying high, we were in. Uh, we were playing teams all all over Europe, and it was really incredible for 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 a little Welsh town of a little over eighteen thousand people to be, you know, playing in playing at grounds that could seat more than the population of our town. It was absolutely <laughs> incredible. It really, really was, uh, and that and that was really sort of the pinnacle of success that 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 the club reached and uh yeah it's 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 trying to get it back there it's trying to get it back there and get it back there to a stage where it can operate at that level long term not just sort of dip it dip in and out of those highest levels of Welsh football but but get to the highest levels and stay there by having a sound financial model that that supports it yeah, because currently you're in you're third in Cumbria North, I think, aren't you? Which is the one below the Premier League, is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah, we are. But you have a financial crisis in your hands that is literally not of your own making. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we've got we've got a whole a whole host of uh, historic issues, and by historic, I mean they date back to that COVID period, yeah. uh, where a lot of issues were masked. There was a lot of bad decisions made. At board at board level, uh, where we didn't, the board in, in 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 my view didn't quite grasp the situation fully. There wasn't a proper check and balance system as as we have now, uh, and that and that allowed certain things to go ahead when they shouldn't have. Certain certain types of spending that shouldn't have been spent uh, in the ways that they that they were spent, and that really un, un, underpinned. The first couple of months of my time on the board is there was a, a group of us that came in fresh, brand new, uh, to, to to fill a void that that was left by previous board members that had left right. uh, due to different frustrations, and there was never really a proper handover period of that. So we, our first couple of months, we, we, we were kind of flying blind. Uh, trying to put out the fires that 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 we had to put out, and trying to get a grasp on uh, all of the information that that we needed to have, and just as we were starting to do that, just as we were starting to settle the waters, along came the F- the Football Association for Wales, and they condemned our pitch, wow. uh, yeah. which which was absolutely shocking. We we were well aware that that. Parts of the pitch were going to need work, uh, and and we knew that you know we were coming towards the end of the life cycle of of the pitch. We were in its seventh year when we were when we expected it to last around ten years. So we it it was on our radar, and then suddenly they came along and said this that's it. This pitch can no longer be played on, and that and that and that was that. That was absolutely shocking to us. It really, really was, and it came at that exact moment where we finally thought we were starting to get the pieces in order, and then suddenly this came along and sort of knocked knocked us back again. It was, it was really a challenging time, to be honest. 
Can can I check, Tom? Sorry, because we there's a number of issues I want to talk to you about the pitch. But did did they go straight into condemning the pitch? So there wasn't a period where they said these are the areas that need fixing, and you've got this amount of time to do it. They just said this pitch can't be played on. Yeah. So they'd 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 come back and forth to us over a couple of months, saying you know they weren't entirely happy with certain parts of the pitch. They asked what we were doing. We reassured them that that we were carrying out main, maintenance on the pitch. Whenever a game was being played, the ref would always need to check the pitch cool. to sign off that he was happy with it. Uh, and then, yeah, and then rather suddenly a, a, a formal inspection was done and they condemned the pitch. There were certain parts of it that they decided were, were, no, were no longer safe to play on. Uh, you know, your, 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 your high usage spots, you know, the box around the goal, uh, the centre circle, a couple of areas on 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 the wings of, of 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 both sides of the pitch, they they determined that the seams of the carpets uh, didn't quite meet their very high requirements for health and safety reasons. Uh, but what was most challenging about that is that the FAW uh, basically told us that they wouldn't allow us to do repairs to the pitch. Oh. That, 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 that due to a number of different factors, they wouldn't allow us to use our earmarked reserves to do repairs to those areas. Uh, they, they said that it was because there was no guarantee that the repairs would last, you know, two or three years. They, they were concerned that the repairs could only last 12 months and then our reserves would be whittled down further. Uh, but that was essentially the, uh, the position that we found ourselves in is that the pitch was condemned. It was no longer, uh, according to the FA, safe to play licensed, uh, full-sized licensed football on. Uh, and they wouldn't allow us to use earmark reserves to, to, to do necessary repairs. They, they basically said that we had to have a full, a full, Relay, which which again was was you know shocking to us. But presumably, then you'd you'd planned financially for that full relay in three years' time because you knew it was coming. But also, was the pitch not under warranty? What happened to the company that that laid the pitch in the first place? So when so when I spoke uh, to the individual who was responsible for getting the pitch relay to start with. Uh, she's now come back on board because uh, she has just an incredible understanding and, and knowledge of the football club and its history. Uh, she explained that actually we were one of the first clubs in Wales to have this pitch laid. Mm-hmm. We were very, very much a guinea pig in this experiment of rolling out 3G pitches. And pretty early on in in, in the lifetime of the pitch, it was determined that 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 the contractors hadn't quite done the job properly and they, they had to come and spend tens of thousands of pounds to put the job right. But unfortunately, the, the company no longer exists. So there was oh, no sure. opportunity for us to go back and say, hey, this didn't last as long as it should have. Uh, so we were really sort of left holding the bag there. And you're right, we had financially planned uh, to 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 put so much money aside, it was a part of our original grant that we had to have a joint signatory account with the FA, so we could show them that we were putting in the correct amount of funds each year 
to relay the pitch in that ten in in that ten ten year window. The reason that we're in the situation we are now is we never anticipated the costs to go quite as high as they did. The original business plan estimated a relay after 10 years would be around £126,000, excluding VAT. Right. Uh, the lowest quote that we have now is touching on the door of £190,000, wow. excluding VAT. Wow. So, of course, we've seen a massive increase in costs on a much shorter time frame. We've lost three years of what we were hoping was going to be the life expectancy. And of those seven years two years to 18 months of it was dealing with the lockdowns and the shutdowns and not being able to maximise revenue from the pitch. So even after lockdown, when the pitch was being used, you still had to follow very stringent regulations that impacted how much you could use and how much you could you know, absorb financially from the pitch. So we were really hampered for, for about two years by COVID. So that's how we're wound up in this place now. Its costs have gone through through the roof, and we were we've lost the best part of three and a half, four years of the time we thought we'd have to uh, to relay this pitch, and that's excluding any of the repairs that we've done on it already. I'll just bring Kieran in here, Tom, if you don't mind, because because Kieran, it, it's actually for a lot of non-league clubs, it's a very sensible, forward-thinking decision. To have a three D pitch, a three G pitch. I mean, there's a, an issue in in the English pyramid, of course, where if you go from the National League to League Two, you have to pull the pitch up, so you have to think about that in advance. But for clubs at a lower level, this is a very sensible thing to do because you can make money from the pitch every day you're not playing on it, can't you? Well, you're absolutely right, and we we talk about clubs being community clubs. And by having a three G pitch, you've now got a community asset which can be used by a variety of people at a variety of times and football as we've always said is a is a pretty pretty crazy industry in the sense that you've probably got you know 20 to 25 home fixtures a season if you're lucky uh, on which you're trying to make money and the rest of the time it's it's an asset which is just sitting there and you're having to still pay for electricity and you're still having to go and pay your rates and so on so therefore by turning it into something which can be used on a regular basis and then of course people will go to the the the, you know, the, the club bar afterwards and they'll they'll have a you know have a bit of food have a bit of drink and and it all contributes um, as well as i think that sense of belonging because it is it is your club um, because you're now mm. playing it on every tuesday night or, you know, whenever the first team aren't playing and so on so it's it's essential for clubs at that level to diversify their income streams as much as possible well also Kieran you know it's like you you walk a little bit taller if you can go in the pub and say to your mates I've just been playing on a, a professional football club's pitch you, you feel a little bit better about the fact you're a terrible footballer the, the trouble is as well Tom that so you've not only lost the revenue from the 3G pitch presumably you're now having to pay somebody else to play on their pitch you're playing at, at Bangor is that right yeah, yeah. So, so since since we lost the pitch in October, uh, all of our home game fixtures have had to be played at another venue, and it's not it's not close. It's about thirty minutes away by car driving uh, along the motorway. So, not 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 only are we now having to pay for home fixtures, we're still having to pay our players the same rates as 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 per the contracts that we agreed with them 
and we're not getting the gate receipts that we used to get. And when the game's done, the supporters aren't using our bar, they're, they're yeah. using the, the new club's bar. So all yeah. in all, we worked out that if you combine the cost and the loss of revenue that that we were seeing, each home game was costing, was costing us in the region of around £4,000 to play wow. a home game. Right. So... If we have two home games in a month, that's £8,000 we need to find and raise just to fulfil our home game fixtures. That's before we pay any of our rates, any of our bills to keep our our place and our staff paid. £8,000 for two home games in a month. And the thing is, Tom, that presumably with the timescale, that's how you're going to have to start next season as well, isn't it? Well, we're, we're, we're... Really, really, really hoping that we can uh, that we can get a new pitch relayed, uh, if not in time for the start of the new season, very soon after. But there's a lot of big ifs in that, yeah. And there's uh, there's there's a lot of hard work still to do to get to that stage. Uh, but we're really, really, really hoping that that come within the first. Couple of fixtures of our of our new season, we will be able to be playing at home again, uh, and I think that's really essential for the future of the club. If we if we cannot financially survive if we have to play all of next season or the majority of next season playing away from home, right. it's 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 not a sustainable model for a club of our size. This episode of The Price of Football is brought to you by the AI-powered workspace Notion. What if you had access to tomorrow's tools today? In Notion, you do. It's the AI-powered workspace where any team can turn ideas into action. My career is sort of a bit like being a butterfly, and I'm always jumping from project to project. So therefore, Notion helps me from summarising meetings notes and automatically generating action items to getting answers to any question in seconds. If you can think it, you can make it. And Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a freelance football finance lecturer. You can try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash price of football. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash price of football and start turning ideas into action. That's notion.com slash price of football. Hi, I'm Steve Lamack, and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insights, Stuart Dredge, on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. In each episode, we discuss the very latest goings-on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry, or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works, or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. What options are you exploring then to raise the funds for that pitch, Tom? So we're we're there's it's easier to say what options aren't we exploring. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. We are we are exploring every possible option. Uh, we have we have 
submitted some huge, huge, huge uh, funding bids to the the community facilities program. And I have to uh, thank Crest here for the time that that they gave to us to to complete that piece of work. Uh, Crest allowed their funding manager to work on this full time for us to really give us the best job uh, and the best chance of getting that money. And Crest is a is 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 a local reuse so, social enterprise in North okay. Wales. They do right. great work. But yeah, they 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 gave us one of their senior managers who is an expert at, at, at writing funding bids to come along and help us write the best possible bid that we could. We're still waiting for an outcome of that. We're really, really hopeful, but we've also been approaching other funding bodies. We've gone to the to the local uh, the local authority, to the, the town council, just just to get together whatever we can. We're also putting on loads and loads and loads of events in the clubhouse just to try and raise a bit of extra money to see us through. Uh, supporters and fans are also doing a great job. I've, I really, really, really do have to thank them. Uh, they're doing all sorts of sponsored events, uh, sponsored walks, sponsored runs, all sorts, just just to raise anything they can to uh, to try and keep the lights on. Uh, so there's a lot of good work going on, but it's still an uphill battle to get. Do you know what? I'm um, a trustee of the Crystal Palace Foundation, Palace for Life, Tom, and until I got involved in that, I had no idea about the world of charity. I had no idea that it was people's jobs they're a professional fund bidder but you know people who, who spent their whole day bidding for funds and grants i had no idea that that was going on and it's there are so many people bidding for those funds it's it's hard to get hold of them isn't it that's the problem oh yeah it's the 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 process is grueling it, yeah. you really 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 need to be an expert in it and especially in the climate that we're in now uh where the economy is in the situation it is, yeah. every, every community group, every friends group, every sporting club is chasing a smaller, smaller, and smaller pot of money uh, to uh, to try and do uh, what they need to do f- for their residents. So that's 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 where we were incredibly lucky that yeah. that we had that type of uh, support. Which I should also say, before we move on, Tom, it's not just you, is it? Because there's another club in Clandidno that this is affecting who share your ground. Yes, the Clandidno Albion. Yeah, they they, they have uh, very unfortunately uh, decided that they're going to call it a day. Oh, uh, this, 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 this season, uh, after many, many years, they're going to be uh, ending their time as a club, which is, of course, incredibly sad. Uh, I do feel like the situation in Flanderna Football Club uh, played a big role in that. Uh, I've got to say it's incredibly unfortunate. I really wish that the Albion uh, were able to continue into the future, but I do understand why 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 they've come to this uh, right. this choice. Uh, but yeah, this 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 is one of the casualties of us losing our pitch and losing it for so long and us having such an uncertain future. I should have checked this earlier, Tom, but I know crowds were very healthy before you had to move. What are they like now you're playing at Banger? 
Yeah, so if 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 you go back uh to before the pandemic, uh we we were averaging about four to five hundred uh fans per, yeah. per home game, unless it was a big game like like playing the bay, then you might get a thousand, you might get twelve hundred. Uh now that we're playing in Banga, I don't I don't think we're even reaching a hundred. Wow! Uh, just, just, just because it is, it, it's so out the way. It's so hard for some fans here to get there. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 really, really, really impacted uh, the numbers of fans who are able to come and watch us play, which 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 is really upsetting. You mentioned this earlier, Tom. In fact, we opened the interview talking about this because you, uh, a not-for-profit organisation very proud of its community roots. Looking at your website, you really focus on that, as many clubs do, of course. But you must be equally proud of the community response. And there's one in particular I have to mention because it's the school my wife Ali went to. That's Oscar Craggy Don. Uh, and the kids there are doing, they're walking from the top of Little Orm to the top of Great Orm, which for, for Little Legs is a long walk. So you must be really quite touched that the community have recognised that you're important to them in the same way that they're important to you. Yeah, and it's 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 really been amazing to see the support that we're getting from 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 people that we didn't think we'd get that type of reaction from. I'm 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 doing that same walk, and I'm dreading right. it myself. And I'm six <laughs> one, so God knows how many uh, steps they're going to need to do to match one of mine. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. From from across the town and from across North Wales, there have been people who have come out of the woodwork to say, "What can I do to help?" And that's and that's been incredibly incredibly uh, heartening to see. Uh, as a small board of only six, we were taking on so much for so long, uh, and when we did throw open the doors and had a big meeting in the clubhouse, about 200, 250 people turned up, and we've had all sorts of support since then. People have come forward and offered their time, uh, offered their support, asked questions, proposed ideas. That's that's actually how I wound up on this show because uh, one one uh, listener of this show said that he'd that he'd get me on here, uh, so I've got to thank him for that. Uh, but despite all of that help, despite all all of that love that that we're seeing, it's still there's still a lot to do there's still a lot of work and there's a lot of ifs and a lot of buts if if we're going to save save the club i um once got stuck in the cable car on the great orm for about <laughs> half an hour it was um it was rather lovely i have to say it was a it's like being in the sound of music it was uh, half <laughs> uh, also i heard a slightly huffy noise coming from the kitchen so i suspect that despite my instruction i didn't pronounce us gold craggy don as well as I was told to, um, I'd just like to ask you a couple before we wound up. We wound up uh, by asking our listeners what how they can help if they can. I'd like to just ask you a couple of things about the wider world of Welsh football. It's, yeah. I, I noticed it's interesting uh, going to go uh, to Clandidno the first time, then going to Real, and in Real, everyone seemed to be a Liverpool or Everton fan. So you've got that to compete with. But at the moment, with with Wrexham, which is such a good story, is is it hard to compete with Wrexham, or, or, or in general, are they a good thing for North Wales football? I think I think they're they're a good story to 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 show the impact of medium and smaller clubs uh, that that they can have on their immediate 
facilities. Wrexham obviously uh, compete in the English system, uh, which <laughs> which I'm very glad about because we could not compete yeah, with, course, with, with, with a club like Wrexham. You do get people who consistently try and compare what 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 we can achieve to what Wrexham can achieve, and that and that can be challenging, you know. Uh, but I think on a whole, it has reignited people's interest in local football. I think for a long time, people's first club was not their local club. It was yeah. Man, it it was Man City, it was Everton, it was Liverpool, it was all of these you know, globally recognised football clubs and their second club was their local club that, you know, they'd go down and watch watch a game once or twice a season. But I think the attention that Wrexham uh, has brought across North Wales has reminded people of the importance of their local clubs. And I think it's, it's, it's brought some people back, back to their roots with it, which, which, which is really lovely to see. Well, that's really good too. Because uh, Colwyn Bay, I think around 2015, for a couple of seasons, were in the lower reaches of the English pyramid, weren't they? And then decided to come back. Is is that something that you've ever considered as a club that it might be more economically viable for you to try and play uh, across the border? Historically, the club has considered it, but I think Wrexham again is 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 a good example. They 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 are operating in 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 a league that that still isn't the top league, and they've got two multi millionaires bank bankrolling. Yeah, of, of course, and, yeah. And that and that is very much what what rests in the back of our mind is that yeah, you could move to the English system, but unless you're operating at the very very top of the system, you're not going to get the financial uptick. That's going to be big enough to sustain what you're going to need to. You, you're going to need to pay players tens of thousands of pounds to operate in in that system, and that's and that's something that a club our size just just could could not deal with. Uh, so we have historically looked looked and thought and thought about that, uh, but I think uh, the club correctly came to the idea that you know we would very quickly be swallowed up. Yeah. By by the much larger clubs, so uh, are, are quite happy staying staying in the Welsh system. Well, having said that, if there are any Clandidno-based billionaires listening, I'm sure they've definitely. definitely. You, yes, <laughs> good. I'm glad that's the answer. Um, Tom, it's it's been really interesting talking to you. And again, I'll say this with the utmost respect. I wish we hadn't had to talk to most of our guests because we only normally get to talk to people when there's a, a problem. It's encouraging to hear that you think it might be quite early on into next season when you've managed to resolve it. But it's frustrating to know that there are so many outside influences just waiting around the corner to ambush so many clubs at your level. My heart goes out to all those Clandidno Albion fans who have lost their clubs. So what what is happening next? And is there a way that our listeners can help you? Apart, of course, if they're in your neck of the woods, turning up at all these fundraising events. Yeah, so... so Really, what's next is we're just going to keep ploughing on, and that's and that's the resilience of our football club and a, and the resilience of the local area is that despite all of the challenges that we've faced over the last twelve months, we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep working because we, I and I know 
the other board members feel the same, can see the real positive impact this club has had, can still have and will have on so many young people across the town and across North Wales. This club is so important to the to the makeup of the town and to the future of the town in 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 my eyes, the same way that 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 our numerous other sporting clubs are across Slandered. No, because we've we've got quite a few. Uh, and they all do great, great, great work. But the football club is is a part of that and it at, at its peak was attracting thousands of young people to the ground every half term and summer break, getting these people to socialise and to enjoy it in the physical and mental health yeah. uh, advantages of playing sport while while being in a safe and secure place. You know, they're not having to play football on 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 the street corner, banging the ball against someone's wall. Uh, but the way that people can help is if they are local, just get in touch with us, come and volunteer, marshal a game, come and watch a game. Uh, if 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 you've got any millionaire listeners, <laughs> if you want to call up and and help us fundraise, please do because we, we 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 will accept any help that is out there. Uh, but what I will say is, uh, on the sidelines of the pitch, uh, me and a small group have been working to arrange uh, a very large event at, at, at the football club uh, with some excellent help from some amazing volunteers. And we are hoping that if 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 everything goes well at the end of this week, we can hopefully announce uh, who is going to be coming to headline a very a very large event at wow. the football club. Uh, so I'm going to use uh, this 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 chance to uh, to plug that and to say hopefully people will keep an eye out, follow us on social media, uh, hear hear what that event is going to be, and we'll hopefully make the journey to come and support it. Oh, well, make sure you tell us who it is because we shall definitely plug it. Um, and, and I tell you what, we should do. We should go up and do our live show up there as well because I would love an excuse to go back to Clandidno. In the meantime, no, that would be perfect. In the meantime, Tom, thank you so much for uh, talking to us. We wish you all the best, and we'll talk to you again when you're back in the WPL on your brand spanking new pitch. All the best, mate. Thank you very much. Okay, and I can't tell you, as I said to Tom, Ali was so excited that we were interviewing somebody from Cladindo, where she was brought up. She was very disappointed to hear that Tom only gave me a sort of 7 out of 10 for my pronunciation of Cladindo, because <laughs> apparently I didn't get the clan right or the no at the end. Very difficult. And only gave me a 5 out of 10 for us gold craggy Don. But it was fascinating to talk to him. And what I found really interesting, Kieran, is that Tom was honest enough to admit to us that he came to the club from a non-football point of view, but was attracted more by its role in the community and then fell in love with it as a football club because that kind of ties in with everything we've been talking about since the very start of the pod, doesn't it? You're absolutely right. And Tom is is a fantastic ambassador Mm. for the game because there is no glory. In, in what he does. It's it's hard work. He, he works, he puts in loads of hours. Yeah, we had a chat with him both before and after the actual interview itself. Um, and it's it's a passion project, but it shows most of all that 
a football club can uplift an individual town by giving it a, a sense of identity, by giving it an opportunity to uh, get, get some exposure, but also to bring people together either by attending matches or you know by being available for uh, you know for, for social events and fiver sides on if the three G pitch is allowed to be used, which yep. of course was the crux of the problem. And it also shows as well, Kieran, that not just at that level, but every level in football, how precarious finance is because they were going along relatively well coming out of the the pandemic. And then suddenly you've got this perfect storm of the the FA of Wales saying the pitch is not good enough, but we're not going to allow you to use the reserves to, to fix it. It's got to be completely replaced. The company that relayed it in the first place has gone out of business, so there's no warranty. So suddenly, based on one decision, there's one football club that's in danger and another one, Cladino Albion, that's already gone out of business. Yep. And yeah, th- there is a case for saying this is why we need some form of you know, central fund within football yeah. and where that comes from, you know, whether that's part of the the, the FA of Wales or the uh, or, or the you know the Premier League via the Football Foundation should be looking to deal with with those areas where where the club is is innocent. You know, the club yeah. has done nothing wrong yeah. here apart from get get the pitch installed by people who weren't very good at yeah. it, and subsequently, and as a result of being not very good at it, they've gone out of business, yeah. I presume. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone who's donated to the pod via our Patreon page. If you have a question you'd like answering the show, email us at questions at priceoffootball.com. Bye. Bye. The Price of Football. Bye, son, for the